This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Larry Elise. Today, we're diving into the latest headlines from around Global Life Field. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time, for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for the best tickets available for your next Rangers game, check out Game Time. Use the link in the description and help support the show. We're going to start off this episode with our weekly report. So first, let's give credit to the Texas Rangers for going 3-3 three and three this past week. In order to become a playoff team, you have to take baby steps. But I want to turn your attention to their minor league team just a bit north of Arlington. The Frisco Rough Riders are in the playoffs for the first time since 2014. That's a huge accomplishment considering all the players getting promoted to AAA throughout the season. They took on the San Antonio Missions in the Texas League South Championship. The Rough Riders were able to sweep them this week and advance to the Texas League Championship against the Wichita Wind Surge. Tickets right now are $5 for Sunday's game. So if you're in the North Texas area, go check them out. So now let's break down who's hot, who's not this week. Starting off, who's hot? Cole Reagans, of course. He had a really good game this past week against the Angels in 4.2 innings. He only allowed two runs and struck out five. He did give up seven hits, which was the downside, but that's why he isn't on the list. The reason why is two of those strikeouts were Trout and Otani back-to-back. Surprised he didn't keep the ball and get it signed by both of them after the game. Next up, Aaron Zavala. Zavala might just end up on the Rangers' 40-man roster next season. He was instrumental this week in both of the playoff games against the San Antonio Missions. He crushed a go-ahead homer in the first game against the Missions. In the second game, he got things going with a two-run home run. Next up, Jonathan Ornelas. The reason why Ornelas made the list is due to him tying Joaquin Arias' 2005 record for the most hits by a rough rider in a season with 175 hits. I was hoping that he would break the record, but he has had an incredible season with the Rough Riders and might get promoted to AAA next season. Next up, Cody Bradford. Bradford is another prospect that I see getting promoted to AAA next season. Bradford got to start the second playoff game against the Missions, and did he pitch a gem? In seven innings, Bradford only allowed two hits and struck out nine. He is one of the shining examples that the Rangers have a really good farm system. 
And finally, on the Who's Hot list, Josh Smith. Let's conclude the Who's Hot list with probably the highlight of the season. Smith finally got his first home run that went over the wall. It was awesome to see him smile after all the hits that have fell just short of the wall. And now, on to who's not hot. First off, Dennis Santana. Santana needs to go after this season is over. I don't know what happened to him over the course of this season. I was at the game where he came in for Reagans in the fourth inning, and he basically gave the game to the Angels in a gift basket after that. That can't happen if the Rangers want to compete for the World Series. Then we have Hernan Perez. I saw this blooper that isn't Rangers related, but it has to go in the who's not hot list. Perez's plays for the Gwinnett Stripers, the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. He hit a home run on Thursday night. He basically trotted around the bases until he found out the outfield caught it as he rounded third. Let's just say this will be in ESPN's not top 10 this week. And so moving forward, the Rangers have a series beginning today against the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. And before we move on, please give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel. And if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, we will pay them, and hopefully take the show on the road. And now on our next topic, the Rangers should pursue this Japanese star in the offseason. Every few years, there seems to be a star player from Japan ready to make the trip to America to try their hand in Major League Baseball. And every year, the Rangers seem to be involved in that market. Last year, it was sensation was uh, Suzuki, now a Chicago Cub. Before him were superstars Shohei Otani, Yu Darvish, former Ranger, of course, and, Tan- and Tanaka, Ichiro Suzuki, and many more have made the trip stateside and found massive success. This time around, the name for the Texas Rangers to consider out of Japan is a pitcher named Kudoi Senega of the South Bank Hawks. He's attempting to make the jump from Nippon professional baseball to the major leagues, and Chris Young's team should be very interested. MLB teams have been coveting him for years, as the 29-year-old Japanese native has posted a career stat line of 103 wins and 51 losses with a 243 ERA and a whip of 1.095. Not to mention, he has been nothing short of phenomenal this season as well, posting an ERA of 206 and a whip of 1.03 in 131 innings, striking out 142 and only walking 41 batters. He not only puts up good numbers, he also has the major league stuff as well. His fastball can sometimes touch triple digits, and he also has a forkball, a cutter, and a slider in his repertoire. While his fastball and other pitches are exciting, they don't compete with his devastating forkball that has been described as the ghost fork. That essentially has so much movement that it drops off the table, making hitters look silly. With his stat lines only getting better year by year, MLB teams will be lined up to pursue him this offseason as he should finally be available to come to America. The only reason he hasn't yet become an MLB pitcher is due to the soft bank hawks as they often refuse to make their players available through the posting system, which makes Japanese players on NPB rosters available to be signed by MLB teams. 
While he has requested numerous times to be posted, the Hawks have denied his request. However, he has an opt-out clause in his contract that would make him eligible for international free agency this offseason. This would make him available for any interested team, including the Texas Rangers. We need to discuss why the Rangers should be in the running for Senga. The Rangers are badly in need of quality pitching. I mean, that has been proven this season. And they could easily find that in Senga. While the righty will be 30 years old to start the 2023 season, he has very little tread on his arm. As the Hawks used him as a reliever early in his career, so he could fit in nicely this window of contention for the Rangers, he could even be possibly be the ace of the staff. While his monster-level potential and his track record of being an effective pitcher, the Rangers should absolutely be interested and pursue him. However, for him, why would he be interested in Texas? Well, the Rangers have had a track record of interest in players from the NPB and have had massive success in the form of Hugh Darvish. With the way Darvish was received so well in Arlington and beloved by fans, combined with plenty of opportunities in this rotation that should allow him to take his lumps at the highest level of competition and still keep his spot regardless while he adjusts to the MLB. He could see a welcoming environment with the Rangers, or at least we should hope so. His full potential could be exactly the type of player Texas Rangers rotation needs to make that anticipated jump into contention. The Rangers should be spending money again this offseason with the goal of finally competing in 2023. But while he alone won't be enough, he certainly can't hurt their odds of improving. Putting some of the free agent money aside for him would be wise, as he could be one of the pieces to success for this team as everything begins to piece together for the near future. And now we're going to dive into the top five hitting seasons in Texas Rangers franchise history. Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees is having a remarkable season, currently slashing 316, 419, 701, with a 1.12 OPS and an OPS plus of 213, which is astounding. He's also set to soon break the American League home run record of 61 home runs, which was previously set way back in 1961, by Roger Miris. There's an argument to be made that he is having the best steroid-free season in history, post-integration. As incredible as that is, Ranger fans are having to begrudgingly watch a Yankee complete this miraculous task. However, the Rangers have had, also had, post, some pretty incredible offensive seasons of their own. These are the top five Texas Ranger hitting seasons of all time. But we're going to lay some ground rules first. The player season would have to bend with the Texas Rangers, not the Washington Senators. And the rankings will be decided on the stat OPS Plus. That is because OPS Plus takes players on base plus slugging percentage and normalizes the numbers throughout the league, taking into account any external factors like the ballpark or the league a player plays in. By doing so, it creates a league average number of 100, meaning if that's your OPS, then you're an average player. And if your OPS plus is 150, it would mean your performance is 50% better than the average. This goes to show how absolutely insane of a season Judge is currently having, 
and will show how effective the players on this list is actually were. Some of these will surprise you. Starting off, 1999, Rafael Palmero with 160 OPS. One would think that a season like this would have a higher OPS plus. However, the ballpark in Arlington at the time was a massive hitter's park. While the stats are phenomenal, the park factors come into play here, placing this season lower on the list than one would think. However, that still places him as the fifth best OPS plus in the season in Rangers history. Palmero would be an all-star and be awarded a gold glove and a silver slugger award this season, while finishing fifth in MVP, vote behind his teammate who won the award that year, Ivan Rodriguez, certainly a memorable season. Number four, we have 1974 Jeff Burrows, 162 OPS. No, he didn't hit as many home runs as Palmero, nor did he match his OBP numbers. But in the end, his OPS plus was higher. This is a prime example of park factors affecting a hitter's stats as the adjustment for the ballpark is shown. You see, Burroughs played in the old Arlington Stadium, a stadium which rated as a much harder place to hit productively than in the ballpark in Arlington or the current Globe Left Field. This makes the numbers Burroughs puts up much more impressive. He even won the MVP award this season for his efforts as well, becoming the first Ranger in history to win the award. And number three, 2008, Milton Bradley. I told you some of these were surprising with 162 OPS plus. Bradley's 2008 season was incredibly undervalued. as He had not only the highest OBP, OPS, and OPS plus in the AL, he was also the top 10 in the league in batting average and slugging percentage. He finished 17th in MVP voting in 2008, but he had far better hitting stats than season. He did, however, have a lower war than many who ranked above him in MVP voting, but war also takes into account fielding, and O-War takes into account base running, while OPS Plus is purely a hitting stat which is why Bradley makes this list. His 2008 season was one of the best pure hitting seasons in Rangers history. Next up at number two, 1993, Juan Gonzalez. Gonzalez was awarded six Silver Slugger Awards and two MVP awards during his incredible playing career. Steroid scandal aside, Gonzalez was feared and treated as one of the greats among the league during his tenure. And while he won his two MVP awards in later seasons, his 93 season ranks as his best pure hitting season. This season would have likely been an MVP season if not for the insane showing by Frank Thomas. However, Gonzalez's 93 season makes this list in number two. And finally, number one, 2010 Josh Hamilton with 170 OPS+. The fact that Hamilton achieved these numbers in only 133 games is astounding. To nobody's surprise, the man that won the 2010 MVP award, who is called the natural, holds statistically the best hitting season in Rangers history, as he also had the highest batting average in team history and the second highest war ever recorded by a Ranger. It's fitting that 2010 was also the year of the Rangers' first ever World Series appearance. Hamilton's magical run in 2010 
will definitely be remembered in its disputably best offensive season in Rangers history. So let us know in the comments section. Is there somebody we missed that you believe had a better hitting season than we included? Let us know. And let us know your thoughts on the other topics we covered. Is there something we got right? Something we got wrong? Let us know. And of course, consider supporting the show by hitting that subscribe button. You can, uh, give us a thumbs up if you like your video. Or buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at TalkinTXRangers or liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rangers. As always, thank you for listening and go Rangers.